welcome to Hot and Heavy. Your hosts are Donovan and Tiffany Reese. We're going to be covering a wide range of topics. Some of them are hot, some of them can get a little heavy. All of them we have opinions on. So go ahead, sit back, grab a bevy, and let's get into today's topic. Okay. Hello. Hi. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. But I, I think to kick this episode off, yes. Um, our editor very politely and gently reminded us <laughs> that three episodes in, we still have yet to have like an official like who is Donovan? Yeah. Like we did with me. <laughs> so hi, hi. Who are you? Tell me about yourself. Ooh, I feel like I'm in the, the hot seat on like CNN or something. Well, you put me in the hot seat originally. Like, I gave my name, and then you're like, well, I want to ask you more questions. So, I want to ask you more questions. All right. Well, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Donovan. Hi, Donovan. This ain't no AA meeting. I mean, but there will be alcohol. I don't think this episode. <laughs> no, not this one. Uh, Tell me about yourself. Yeah. So, um, I like to call myself uh, a Delawarean. And that's where I call home. Okay. Uh, so, anyone that is familiar or part of the... I think it's... I think we just recently passed a million people that live in the state. So, whoop, whoop. Wow. <laughs> Some people at home listen to that and they're like, I have a million people in my city. That always freaks me out. Like, I... Okay, so, like, I came from, like, a relatively small town. Yeah. Would you say that you grew up in a small town? Or, like, did you grow up in, like, a I, bigger one? I grew up on the outskirts of a lot of big towns. Okay. So, like, where I lived in particular was, you know... Typical run the mi- run of the mill, you know, small town suburb like area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had access to big cities like all within hour hour and a half of me, like easy. Okay. Which isn't that the best? You get like the small town living of like you know everything is within you know twenty minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. and then if you drive an hour or however far, you can be somewhere. Like where was the big city for you? Was it? philadelphia or so it's weird because i would say all this and like all right i can triangulate exactly where he lived uh, <laughs> well you don't live there anymore i don't know but uh so where i lived i lived in northern delaware and so anyone that's familiar with that space knows that i could get to philadelphia within 30 30 minutes to an hour depending on which part of philly i'm trying to get to the city of brotherly love it was a city of something all right <laughs> uh it, it ain't love and unless you have family then you know who's out there for you much respect to my Philly Philly folks. But yeah, I could get to Philadelphia within 30 minutes to an hour. Like I said, depending on what part of Philadelphia you're trying to get to. I could get to Baltimore within an hour and a half. I could get to D.C. within two hours. It you was, had much more options than I did. I did. And what I loved the most about it, and I think I'm going to miss it, is, like I said, Philly, Baltimore, D.C. The, there are lots of fun things to do in all of those towns. So if I wanted to do like a day trip or a vacation or just a little... Weekend getaway or something. Exactly. I have access to all that. But then when I come home... I'm st- I can come home to Delaware and have all the benefits of a tax-free haven, uh, no sales tax. I lived maybe an hour and a half from some pretty nice beaches. You know, I'm going to get some hate from Maryland people out there, but I love Delaware beaches so much more than Ocean City <laughs> beaches uh, and Donovan, Jersey beaches. we're too early into this podcast for you to be making enemies. All beaches are beautiful beaches. I- I'm sorry. If you ever go to, like, an Ocean City beach... I'm sorry. Like it just feels dirty. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry. And like there, I promise you, there are people out there that could be like, he ain't wrong. I mean, I can't really talk. Like being from Jersey, everybody's like, oh my god, the Jersey Shore. That must be so much fun. They're dirty as hell. <laughs> okay, 
Especially, like, Seaside, which is where, like, the Jersey Shore, like, the TV show took place. First of all, hot take. Okay, none of them are from Jersey. And two, Seaside is the place you go, like, to party. Like, if you want to go and, like, enjoy the beach and stuff, you got to go to Point Pleasant. Okay, that's, like, the more family-friendly kind of place. Seaside is just, it's grime. I'm sorry, it is. Like, you go there if you want to get into trouble. Not that I would know. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I call home. It is a, a lovely part of my identity. Because, I, I mean, growing up, I moved around a lot. Same seas, wow. Yeah, just Maryland, Pennsylvania, a d- couple parts of Delaware, Virginia, you know, that whole, like, mid-Atlantic region. So, but I, I call Delaware home, at least for now. You know, I did just recently move, and now I'm going to get a lot more comfortable with where I actually own my, my first, not own, rent my first place. <laughs> But yeah, like if we're, somebody we're, asked we're Gen you, Z. Do you think we're going to own a place? <laughs> You're funny. Not in this economy. But yeah, like if somebody were to ask you, like, where, where are you from? from? Yeah. You would say Delaware. Exactly. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm a dancer. I primarily do hip hop and animation style dance. Doing it for going on nine years now. Very, very happy with that. Love going to, you know, dance battles, dance conventions, showcases, ciphers. You know, I'm, I'm very much the that like street scene of dance not classically trained at all so if you've ever seen the movie step step up and like see those like dance battle circles some of them are real but what i will guarantee you is not everyone in that space has the exact same choreography ready to go uh wait you mean to tell me that movies aren't real don't 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 tell the kids don't tell the kids we'll tell them when they're 12 and they realize that mom and dad are the ones that buy them the expensive presents not santa you're ruining the magic we say fuck on this podcast. There better not be any kids <laughs> listening to this. You know, that's a fair point. <laughs> You're also a mixologist. I am. I am. I've uh, been working in the food service industry since I was 19, so about five years now. Any and fun I, stories? I promise you that we'll have an episode where we just go back and forth of sharing customer service stories. That would be so much fun oh. to just vibe and just be like, this is the nightmare that is being a barista, being a bartender. Like, episode I'm eight? the barista, you're the bartender. Episode 8, question mark? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but you were telling me, you were telling me something happened started, last night. Yeah. yeah, something <laughs> happened last night. And I was like, wait, let's talk about it on air. Please tell me. What did you want to say? What did you want to tell me or ask me? Or what is your story? Yes. Yeah, so last night I happened to work at a, at a bar. And for context, I, I work at a gay bar. And first off, I've worked in a couple different restaurants where I bartended or served or did some type of food handling stuff yeah by far this is my favorite place for for a couple components one music for anyone out there that's worked in like a common chain like an olive garden or a red lobster or a red robin or anything like that you are fully aware of the kind of music they play in those spots it's the same like elevator-esque music yes like 80s 90s 2000 2010 just like those top 40 hits and you listen to the same thing over and over and over and over again to the point you start hearing it in your dreams and it's annoying as hell so component number one the music uh, it's a, usually a different dj every night and like yes they're oh, still playing the, cool. the same you know songs that resonate with people but they're all usually bangers the way they mix them in is really cool there's more creativity there's so much creativity and like i can actually like dance behind the bar a little bit and like get have fun with it exactly so the music number one component second i have worked in you know traditional restaurant spaces before where the customer know comes first mentality not customer is always right but customer comes first we treat them you know their guests 
We want to make sure they're having a lovely experience, want them to come back and all that stuff. The Starbucks motto of make the moment right. Exactly. Here, if someone pisses me off, I can tell them to go fuck off. (laughs) Isn't that so empowering? It is so empowering. I can roll my eyes at guests if they get on my nerves. I've never been in a situation before where... You know, if you have guests come to the bar that you know you've served them, you know, one or two or three drinks and they haven't tipped you at all yet and you have a full bar, I'm coming to you last. And you then they wait. Yes. And you they give you that look of like, hey, dude, I've been waiting. And it's like, yeah, I've also been waiting for a tip. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you can wait. Tell them. And this kind of leads into my story now, I guess. Uh, it's because, like I said, those are my favorite parts. I'm loving this work environment so far. If you are in a position for example if you work in food service where you get this happens a lot if you're a barista you're a bartender or like a waiter or waitress waiter or waitress yeah you're gonna occasionally get the phone number you're gonna occasionally get the people that try to pick you up or flirt with you you know try to want to take you home and all that stuff right unfortunately it comes with the territory i'm not saying it's cool i'm not even saying it's okay i mean sometimes hey maybe you do think they're cute and you wanted them to give you your number good on you but it just comes with the territory and i don't think that kind of culture is changing anytime soon i have accepted that and I know how to handle it. Like, mm-hmm. half the time, crumble that thing up as soon as they step away and throw it in the trash. Other half the time, like, you know what? You just seem like a really cool person, a really cool friend. May- maybe I'll text you or maybe I'll hand out my number. We'll see. But again, I'm just, I'm used to this space. If you are going to do that, le- try to leave your number. Try to flirt with me. Try to pick me up. Don't let your first impression of me be, of you be, oh, you just ordered $40 worth of drinks. And no tip. And no tip. Now, here's the thing. I want to make this a little clear because maybe there's some people out there that have a little bit of tipping confusion culture. I will say personally what I think is comfortable or acceptable for myself. Okay. If I'm just opening you up a beer, like a singular beer or something, and then, you know, the beer is like five, six bucks, or whatever like that. If you didn't tip on that, I'm not going to be the most upset in the world. I just opened a can and handed it to you. Or if you tip a right. dollar, like if you want to tip. A dollar a beer is usually like the run of the mill, like totally cool. So like if you order four beers or something and I just hand it to you and it comes up to 20 bucks, I don't expect a 20% tip on that. If you tip me like a dollar or two, I'm cool with that. Or You understand that like you're not like putting as much effort as you would if you were like mixing a drink or something. Exactly. exactly. So you're not going to get a tip to match that type of effort. Exactly. Exactly. And again, even with that, like if I make you one beer now and you don't tip them, but I make, you know, you come back with a second beer and then you hand me a dollar on that. Like that's cool. Like, yeah, I'm not going to fret too crazy over that because also it takes me, you know, we don't have a tap system. So everything really is in cans or bottles. Wow, our, hear, C- our CEO was not happy with that comment. Yeah, if you hear any awkward background noises, like that one was uh, Celeste jumping down onto something. And if this is your first time joining us, Celeste isn't a human. <laughs> Celeste is a cat. Yes, our cat executive officer. We have two of them. We have Celeste and Tasha. And they and run so, the show. Yeah, and so... We're just if, their puppets. This is their home. They just allow me to live in it. <laughs> um, so if you hear us make comment or mention or get distracted by the cats... Take a sip of whatever, water, booze, I, pff, whatever, however you live in your life. But anyways. So, so yeah, so. Those, those are my comments on, you know, beer. Like I can say I work in a, a fortunate system where I'm not dealing with a tap system. So it really is just me cracking open the seal and handing it to you. So I'm not sweating those tips. The ones that get a little more complicated are cocktail beverages. Right. If you're asking me for like a vodka crayon or something that runs like eight bucks or something like that, a dollar two tip. I don't want to say it's expected, but th- th- at that point I'm like, if you just like hand me a 10 and say keep the change like, exactly you know i think that's fair that is in my opinion very fair you know i'm taking the time and making sure you know your ratio is right making sure i'm not undercutting you uh, all that good stuff or giving you a glass of cranberry with just vodka a whisper yeah 
the last the last component and i get this all the time and i'm sure you probably got this all the time you know as your time as baristas surprise me absolutely not i like this thing now i've been to a couple speakeasies that specialize in if you tell them you like this flavor profile or you can't have this flavor profile they will make you these eloquent graceful cocktails that accentuates the the herbal notes of the gin and pair it nicely with this hand squeezed orange like this complex lovely drink i will say that there's certain situations where i think the surprise me or you know just make me whatever like i feel like if it's something where it's slow at the bar Mm -hmm. and you know like if you have every seat of your bar is filled do not ask me that know what you want come up and you know whatever or like when i was a barista like i worked at starbucks very popular chain if I have a line around the building and you come in my drive-thru and you ask me, surprise me, that's just, I feel like that's just rude. But if you come inside and there is not a single person in the cafe and you're like, hey, I like caramel and I want something hot. Can you make me something? That's fine. I think it's just more of like a common sense thing of like, if they are like at max capacity busy, don't do that. Like, that's just rude. Yeah. But, like, if it's a slower time, yeah, sure. If I have, like, if you can see that I clearly have, like, time to kill, okay, sure. Like, I'll make, I'll make you something, you know, fancy. Mm-hmm. So so here's my thing. Uh, and maybe, again, I'm only speaking on my existence. I'm not speaking on behalf of every bartender that's ever Yeah, existed. that was just my opinion. Because I know there's some people that they're like, oh, I don't care. Just, I love being creative. And then there's other people that are like, order your small coffee and get out of my line. I don't mind the surprise me's. Mm-hmm. Uh, for... A couple of reasons. One, I do like the creative yeah. aspect of it. And especially on a night where everyone is ordering, you know, vodka crayons, dirty Shirley's, rum and Cokes. Like, Sometimes you want to break up the monotony. Exactly. So I don't mind it on that front. But then the second one is, you know, I have gotten out to a point. I'm sure there are many bartenders out there like this. If someone says surprise me with tequila so or surprise me with rum, you have a go-to drink. Yeah. And so that is my system now. Like, if you tell me you want a vodka surprise me drink, you're getting a sex on the beach. If you say you like a, a rum drink surprise me or you like something fruity my mai tai that's my go-to uh i don't really have, you have a couple gym. that are like in your back pocket that are like quick and easy you know that you can make those without really having to think that much exactly exactly so when they're telling me surprise me i'm killing the surprise if you, nine times out of ten if you say surprise me you're getting a mai tai <laughs> um yeah. but anyway so circling back to so the original point yes so those are the th- if you're asking me surprise me uh, or like get creative and you actually want my professional opinion of what your beverage of choice is going to be tonight at that point i then expect you know the recommended 15 to 20 percent tip yeah and you know we have little uh uh, tablets in the we have tablets in the building that you know prompt the 18 20 25 percent situation gotcha okay so at that point you're paying your card here Here you go go. you you know what to do i and you know usually my my ties are pretty pretty good at least again this isn't fine dining cocktail experience I'm you're working, working at a gay, gay bar, bar. <laughs> but they usually run pretty good uh weirdly enough last night i had this one girl uh come up to the bar and say surprise me and i'm pretty sure her and her friend probably had like five or six mai tais by the end of the night because they're like oh my god this is so good it's just like here you go rum and juice <laughs> so the reason that i mentioned all of this so now that you have a little bit of background knowledge of like hmm, i don't know how to tip my bartender or if you're newly 21 welcome to the scene you don't know what appropriate tips are the guidelines i gave you are pretty safe like i never come across a bartender that would be upset with that yeah dollar a beer 
10, 15, 20% tips on, cock, you know, run-of-the-mill cocktail beverages, and then a little bit of ex- something extra on the surprise me drinks. With all that in mind now, if you, you are coming to the bar trying to spit some game with me, because I'm not going to lie, I'll gas myself up. I don't think I'm ugly. I think I got a little something to work with at a gay bar. You're trying to spit game at me, and you don't tip? I feel like that's you like... the ugliest person to me in that bar. Damn. You will be last in line. I will say, like, if you're going to try to, like, hit on me, like, yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, like, soften me up a little bit of, like, tipping me a little extra or, you know, something. Yeah, I feel like that's a very bold choice. Maybe we should get into today, which I feel like they're not directly related, but I feel like they can kind of connect of like we've been talking about like working all that and i just our generation and like society today puts so much stress in like hustle mentality go out there and do it i mean all of that i feel like sometimes it comes across less of a positive mindset it can come across very detrimental and like borderline toxic like i would call it toxic motivation you know what i mean i understand that people are trying to be like motivating when they say these things of like all you have to do is just get up and start your day or like I remember there was like a really long period of time where like you would see constantly on Instagram Twitter wherever you consume social media text posts being like next time you feel lazy just remember you have the same 24 hours in your day that Beyonce has and while I understand what the message is trying to be It doesn't quite work because the average person doesn't have all the same staff, resources, whatever that Beyonce has. Okay, I don't have a personal assistant to organize my day. I don't have a a dietitian or a chef to prepare my meals for me. I don't have a, you know, a personal trainer to set up my, you know, my fitness routine. Like, Yeah, we have the same hours in a day. My 24 hours do not look like Beyonce's or Dove Cameron, which gorgeous human. My absolute celebrity crush. Beautiful human. That's a good one. Thank you. Uh, Um, I was going to say, that also assumes that even with Beyonce having all those resources, that yes, she has 24 hours in a day and she's making the most out out of that. Assuming that she doesn't get burnt out and exhausted from her own schedule like awesome you can use beyonce's example of like oh this is a really successful person why don't you model your life after theirs they also deal with a a unique level of stress anxiety pressures that like i don't have to worry about you know if i go into my bar shift the worst thing i have to worry about is if i accidentally spill a drink on the guest i don't have to worry about beyonce's biggest stress of performing for a show breaking an ankle falling off the stage and then laying down a hundred thousand fans in in the bleachers or I'm not something... jinxing you, Beyonce. If the, your, that happens at your next show, don't blame the Hot and Heavy podcast. I'm sorry. I'm not a witch. Also, yeah. if you want to come on the show, you're more than invited. Oh, yeah. I'm sure she's listening to this right now. <laughs> but also, like, we also don't have the same stresses that Beyonce has of, like, her image being plastered across, like, E! Magazine or something. Mm-hmm. Talking about, oh, has she gained weight or something like that? The mental strain oh, yeah, the of, the whole like, thing with her and Jay-Z was public imagine yeah i want all of our lovelies out there to listen think about your last rough breakup where you know you had to hit up your best friend eat some ice a tub of ice cream watch the golden girls just like get it out just like messy 
bad breakup. Now imagine that situation in every tabloid magazine across the country. And people you don't know, you've never talked to, like speculating and commenting and like giving their feedback and input on your life. Mm -hmm. Everyone is different. And, you know, I, I want to elaborate more on this, this like toxic, toxic positivity, if you will, yeah. uh, mindset is that also assumes you have 100% to give 100% of the time. And that bit of advice was like, or this, I guess, upcoming piece of advice was one of my favorites I've ever gotten from a counselor was that not every day is going to be the same as the day before or the day to come. And what she, what she meant by that was there are going to be some days where you are feeling awesome on top of the world. And if you give 100%, your 100% on that day, awesome. Maybe you can finish that paper or you can finish that work assignment or get all the chores in the house done and still have energy left to go. Awesome. But maybe a couple of days after the fact, you just don't want to roll out of bed and you're proud of you know just making yourself a cup of coffee and getting a shower and eating something. Both of those are still 100%. Because that's all you can give in that moment. Yeah, your 100% isn't going to look the same every single day. Mm -hmm. No, it's, you're not this battery that just has this finite space of, I can give this exact amount every single day. No, your 100% is going to look different every day. And I also think it's my, like it's worth mentioning that some days you might have more than 100% to give. Like my baseline 100% of like my day-to-day -day what I look like is one way of yeah like you said like get up make my coffee go to work like whatever your jersey showed there for a second my coffee no i, I like it <laughs> i like your jersey accent but there's some days where i have 110 percent to give where i'm just i had a really good night's rest or i just have more energy than usual and yeah i can run these errands that i've been putting off or i am going to deep clean my kitchen sink because why not i have the energy and i can do it or I'm gonna go to an extra fitness class or whatever like can we can we change like I, I would love for there to be a movement where you saying that just made me like rethink of how I think of 100% why does 100% have to have to be you above do, and beyond above and beyond when we can just make 100% getting up and doing your basic functions and then anything you do on top of that is just extra credit yeah. yeah I honestly feel like we we as a society are moving towards a more just do your best mindset rather than be the best and i really think that covid had something to do with it mm -hmm. like a big part of everybody really just had a nation global wide i should say reset of like the way that we've been living life isn't the way we have to live life you know i feel like during covid there was just so much of like a flipping mentality as rough and as crazy and hard as covid was it was a reset for a lot of people that now like i mean even if you look at like people in the workplace the phrase of act your wage oh, like that I is i love that saying but it's true because like i mean the way i act at my job now is very different than how i would have acted pre-covid mm -hmm. you know like i go into work i do my job and i go home because i get paid to do this much i'm not gonna kill myself and, you know, go above and beyond for a job that if something happened to me, they would post my job the next day and not think twice about it. Mm -hmm. You know? For those out there that are about to resonate with what I'm about to say, I promise it can get better, it can change. There might be a small subset of people out there that are similar to me in, like, trying to be the quote-unquote workplace superhero. And I used to do that all the time, especially in my, like, my restaurant 
era jobs of just like you always say yes when they ask you to pick up a shift you always stay late when they ask you to exactly. you come early and it genuinely felt like oh it, 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 if i can't do it then, then the, the place is gonna burn down and oh and not that extreme but just like then this place won't operate as efficiently or as functionally as uh, you know if i'm not helping and that's problematic for two reasons one not, not get you not go pegs i need to do that to myself it's like i'm not that important I work at a restaurant that, like, just is on the corner of the street. Like, like I'm not, you tell I'm not, them, I'm not like, the look what of the I United did. States. And they're like, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, my decisions in this restaurant aren't going to, you know, stop the war in Ukraine. Like, <laughs> they're not that important. And the second one is stop put. you don't have to put yourself in a position that's just causing you this stress and anxiety. Because there would have been times where someone asked me to, like, hey, I really need you to pick up this shift. And, like, I already worked, you know, basically 13 days back to back and this is like my only day off for like another week or something and it's like I'm, I'm really sorry I, I need this day off and then you you know two days later when I see that coworker again that who asked me to pick up their shift is like hey were you able to find coverage like oh yeah found coverage and everything was fine and the restaurant moved smoothly and we we march another day 99 out of 100 times you saying no or you prioritizing yourself or acting your wage is everything's gonna work out fine yeah and I think something else is that again going back to the whole like toxic motivation is like so many people have this hustle mentality you know like that's so popular like the the whole like girl boss movement and stuff like that i think it's awesome to want to you know work hard and like do well in your job and stuff but do it within your capabilities don't overexert yourself to do it you know what i mean like i resonated with you a lot of when i was working at Starbucks of I would just work was my whole life like even if I only worked three to five days a week work was my whole life like I would come home from work and still be thinking about work still be talking about work still be worrying about work like my whole life revolved around I'm I have to go to bed at this time so I can be ready for work and then when I get off of work I have to do this to prep for work the next day like this that the other thing and it really was like a whole mindset shift because my whole thought was get that bread, you know, hustle, make that money, whatever. And my whole mindset shifted when I got my post-grad job working in an office of no one really cares. (laughs) Like, as long as my job is done and it's done well, my boss doesn't care if I tell her, hey, I need to leave early because I get chronic migraines. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, the lights are really bothering me. I need to leave early. Yeah, go take care of yourself. I need to leave because my partner isn't feeling well and I need to go take care of him yeah absolutely go ahead it was really uh like I had to make the active decision to when I leave work I leave work and like that's it I'll maybe tell my partner like one or two stories about something that happened at work but when my work day ends work is done for the day until I come in the next morning yeah and I mean that is something that I feel like a lot of people are starting to move towards But it's very slow moving of people like you see it all the time of like my five to nine after my nine to five of like taking care of yourself shouldn't be a job, you know? And I I don't think that there's anything wrong with kind of like, I guess, scheduling yourself that way. But again, it's one of those things of not everybody can afford to have a five to nine Mm -hmm. after their nine to five. Right. I was just thinking, you know, when you said, you know, more more workers are starting to take that agency of emphasizing act, act your wage or taking more power into their own personal lives. I was just thinking in the back of my head, like, 
all right, this is the start. The bourgeoisie are going to overthrow the proletariats. It's coming. Slowly but surely. And, you know, I wanted to throw in another little little nibble there on people that are maybe wrestling with, uh, you know, working too hard and you're, you know, not acting your wage and going too above and beyond for your, your work environment. And something I would hear when someone would try to tell me, like, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to be the workplace superhero. Is that, well, if I work really, really, really hard, I'll have that chance for that that promotion. Or I'll have that chance, you know... I'll be like the rare few that are working harder than everybody else and I'll have these more opportunities. No. I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but probably not. I've seen more times than not of doing all that. And again, maybe I'm only speaking because I haven't necessarily worked in, you know, like a CEO <laughs> position in some big Fortune 500 company. But right. if you're working, you know, your traditional middle-class style job is that your employer is going to see oh my God, they do all this amazing, amazing hard work. At the lower at, pay at rate? At this pay rate? Well then, we will just keep it at that. And you could be making it also harder than your coworkers too. Yeah. Of uh, saying like, you know, you have, let's say you work in an office of like 10 people and you have this one person that's doing the job of like five people. Corporate's like, hey, why aren't you other nine working as hard as them? You see how hard they're working and they're making equal or less than you. So they might get on their ass more or instead of, all of y'all working together to make sure that your employers are paying you the correct amount for the correct amount of work. If they expect more out of you, I expect another zero at the end of their paycheck. That's a little ambitious, but you see what I'm, you get what I'm trying to say. I expect a little, I expect my work to be compensated adequately. Exactly. In this economy, I mean, but seriously, we fight though, for it. It goes even further than workplace of like, I also feel like a lot of people We kind of talked about this a little bit of, like, comparing success in our last episode of, like, it's also that same thing. uh, I mean, I think the, like, toxic motivation plays into that, too, Mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit because it's so easy to look at the success of others and say, well, if they can do it, why can't I? Yeah. And, like, that should be my motivation of they can do it. Why can't I do it? And there's nothing wrong with seeing people that you idolize and wanting to strive for the same success that they have like there is nothing wrong with wanting that as a motivator but don't use it as a comparison don't you don't use it as a comparison be mindful that there are social societal individual circumstances in both of your cases in both you and the person you're idolizing that are either barriers or gateways access that are just not equivalent on both ends of that spectrum being mindful that like like i'll use for example i absolutely love like fiction as a dancer one of my favorite and early inspiration for my dance style it would not be fair to me to compare myself like hmm i want to i want to be the next fiction right that belittles a couple things there one fiction has a very unique skill set in in his dance experience that it would take me i'm being honest with myself at least a decade (laughs) if not more to be able to do just the technical skills that he has that a lot of other dancers don't. I'm not saying I couldn't get to that training, but I need to be mindful. Like I can't just go go out tomorrow and do exactly what he does. But that also eliminates he has a lived experience that's different from mine that helps inspire. You know, he does a lot of freestyle, and in freestyle you have to be like creative, quick on the fly, and integrate your the way you think of music in one way and just express that into a, a physical form. We both could listen to the same song, think even think of it in the same genre of dance. And we are not going to come out with the same product. And that is still beautiful. The way he does his freestyle performance, 
to this exact same song that I tried to do is going to be beautiful in its own regard, and the one that I perform is going to be beautiful in its in its own regard because they are two unique art forms. You can they, take inspiration. Yes, you can take inspiration. Maybe like you liked a certain technique that uh, he did. Like a lot of really famous dancers will like see what the social trends are in dance, or, like on TikTok or back when Vine was a thing. Moment and- of silence for Vine. Anyways. Made me drop my croissant. Taken uh, too soon. Like, for example, like, The Whip, The Nene, Juju on the Beat. You would take those and, like, everyone's doing it, but then, you you know, you throw your own little sauce on it. Yeah. Throw a little flair on it. And that's totally cool. And then you find ways to incorporate that in this larger scheme. I would love people to think, you know, take that example of dance I just used and apply it to their social and work life. Like, you can get inspiration from Beyonce and want to create this awesome empire of multimedia empire. But also be co- totally cool. It's like, you know, I'm the vice manager, vice president at this small media company. And I'm doing everything I can to make it the best I want it to be. That is just as awesome. And you are making just as much an impact on your community, your circle. Or, I mean, even something I would say like more attainable mm-hmm. is like, I am just as, as successful as Beyonce because I got out of bed today. Hell yeah. Which, I mean, Hell, for yeah. some somebody like me who has struggled with depression and anxiety, I always had the... Something that, like, I always struggled with was I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I don't have it in me to, I have to. And it's been a lot of just, you know, kind of like something that I tell you all the time is you need to take your rest days or your body will pick your rest day. Oh, and I got hit with that like two weeks ago. I yeah. worked myself too much on the ground because I was so eager, like starting a new, jo- starting two new jobs. We were getting this this podcast off the ground and I was just like, I got all these things ready to go. Woo-hoo! I have to do everything. Exactly. And then I just woke up one Monday morning and I was just like, I feel tired, but I can, I can keep going. And then like ha- my, my boss was like, hey, Hey, just the heads up, like, we have nothing crazy going on. If you want to take a half day, go ahead. And it's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I, I got this. And, like, noon hit. And I'm just like, I feel actually sick. Like, I need to go home. And I spent the next day literally just filling up on flu. Like, I was treating myself like I had a cold. Just mm-hmm. filling up on fluids, resting. And then the next day, I felt totally fine. I'm just like, wow, I really just needed to rest. It. My body was like, bitch, lay down. <laughs> and, I mean, I had that happen to us, like, the night that we celebrated our, our birthdays together. You know, I just, I had been going all week. I had been stressing about stuff and like, you know, just like life and work and, you know, this, that, the other thing. And I came home, we were getting, you know, changed to come hang out, like, and to continue the night. And I like laid down because I think like my partner was going to like go to the bathroom really quick or something. And so I was like, I'm just going to lay down until we leave. And I laid down and I was like, I am not getting back up. And as much as I wanted to, my body was like, you need to rest. We, we gonna sleep. Yeah. And we gonna sleep now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something else is that the toxic motivation, the toxic positivity mm-hmm. does not account for rest days. And... It doesn't account for human maintenance. No. And that is part of having a productive life mm-hmm. is being productive when you can and knowing your limits. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that like everybody really needs to, you know remember and to like take care of themselves and you know have a me day mm-hmm. have a me day a me day doesn't have to be any cr- anything crazy it can literally just be you lay in bed all day and like fiddle on your phone or catch up on that that show that you've been meaning to or 
it could be your me day could be going and sitting outside for like five minutes to drink some water or have a cup of coffee i tell my partner i'm a house plant like sometimes if i get cranky he'll be like okay why don't you take your emotional support water bottle and go stand on the patio for a minute and then we'll talk yep and i'm sorry i'm pulling another analogy it's like i really just want this message to resonate with people and like however they want to replicate Please. it for those of you out there that love video games Think about some maybe some video games you play where like you have this like, health bar. Uh, now, I'll even I'll even go a little bit more niche than just the health bar. Okay, is you, know, you might have like this really cool ability, or you might have this really cool weapon uh, accessible to you. You notice in a lot of games that the more powerful, or the more useful a certain ability or item is, the less has, stamina. I was gonna say it has a cooldown. Mm-hmm. You can't just keep spamming. You know this awesome ability. You can't keep spamming this. Like it needs. It needs a couple seconds to build back build up. back up and recharge. Think of yourself like that. Like also, you might be able to have that day or that moment or that hour of awesome. I'm really running on what you 110%. think is one hundred and ten percent. One hundred and ten percent. But then you're gonna need a little time to cool down and get back to a spot where you can maybe attain that level of productivity or attain that level of quote unquote what you're defining in that moment of success again. Again, I want that. I want that message to just resonate with whoever and however it can. Yeah. So, this is important. whether you're a house plant like me or a video a game, <laughs> yeah, a double jump like Donovan, just do the best that you can do within your abilities mm-hmm. and be proud of your best without comparing it to Beyonce's or Functions or Dove Cameron's. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful little bow to, to throw on this week's, this week's little chat sesh. What do you think? I think so. I think I, I'm, yeah, I think this was. We gave 110% today. I'm proud of that. I gave what I could give today. Hell yeah. And I'm proud of it. So thank you for vibing with us. Thank Thank you for for listening to half an episode of bar etiquette stories. (laughs) (laughs) And we will catch you guys in the next one. Hell yeah. I'm Tiffany Reese. I'm Donovan. And this has been Hot and Heavy. Goodbye. And now the credits. This episode has been brought to you by your hosts, Donovan and Tiffany Reese. We want to thank our editing team for putting this shit show together. We want to thank our cat executive officers that are somewhere around the room. I think they're being very quiet right now, so thank you. And we'd like to thank our uh, music staff for getting the audio together for this episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>